Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Don't forget about that next Wednesday, as you just heard in the announcements, on the 14th at 6 o'clock at the Civic Center. Going to be a great time as we gather together with other churches and other believers and people in our community and and, uh, lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? All right. Well, last week we began a brand new series that we're calling Ghost Stories. Somebody say Ghost Stories. Come on, look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say Ghost Stories. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And so it's kind of a play on words, you know. uh, Maybe you've been in a church before where it was the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Ghost, you know. And so we're talking about the Holy Spirit and truth about the Holy Spirit. And I believe, I said it last week, I believe this series has the potential to change your life forever if you can grab a hold of the things that we're talking about. And really the intent of this series is to help us better understand who the Holy Spirit is, what he does in our lives, how we can how we can live and, and walk and keep in step with him and the fruit that he produces and the gifts that he gives and all of those things is what we're talking about. And last weekend, if you weren't here or you missed it, for for whatever reason, I would encourage you to go back on the app, go on the podcast, watch it, listen to it, the message from last week. I think it'll be a blessing to you. We talked about promise and power, that the Holy Spirit is promised to all believers, that the Holy Spirit wants to give us power, and uh, I believe it'll be a blessing to you. Today, I want to talk to you on this subject. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The title of my message today is simply this, Keep in Step. Keep in Step. Step, And I was thinking this last, uh, the last couple of weeks as I was uh, preparing for the series and, and figuring out where the Lord really wanted us to go in this. And I was thinking about, have you ever been in a grocery store, right? Been in a grocery store. For those of us that have kids, we have four kids. For those of us that have kids, have you ever been walking down through the aisles and you're trying to keep your family together and all of a sudden you notice that one of your kids is missing, right? You know, you've just been trying to keep it together, keep everybody together, you know, keep your, your kid right here. Come on, how many of you, you notice that all of a sudden you're looking, you kind of have this moment of panic, right? And you're like, I told everybody before we came in, stay with me. We're not stopping at the cereal. We're not stopping at the toys. We're not, don't ask me for anything at the register, right? and just stay with me and then you turn around and they're missing or how many of you can relate right maybe it's not your kids maybe your spouse you ever been in the grocery store and your spouse comes up missing (laughs) right this is me sometimes and uh, we'll be in the grocery store and and a lot of times you know she'll be on mission we're going to get in here we're going to get what we need we're going to get out and I'll get distracted and sometimes I'll be in Walmart calling her like where you at in Walmart because I got distracted by something or wanted to go look at something else or whatever and so uh, but it's this idea of even in our Christian life I think there are sometimes in my life maybe in yours as well where we have kind of gotten off track we've fallen behind we're lagging behind we're not keeping in step with maybe every area of our life where God wants us to be and desires for us to be and so I want to talk to you about this this morning and I want to start we're going to read a passage of scripture today and talk about this idea of keeping in step with the Holy Spirit and so we're going to begin in Galatians chapter 5 and this is the passage where uh, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit many of us are familiar with that Uh, the fruit that the Spirit produces in our lives. But I want to go back several verses, and I want to read everything leading up to that and a little bit after that, and then we're going to talk about it today. So Galatians chapter 5, 
starting in verse 13. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, come on, there's a word for somebody today. If you're always, but it's in the Bible, if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Come on, how many of you know that it just summed it all up right there? Anything that your flesh has ever desired can probably be found in one of these categories that were just listed, right? He says, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. I want to give you three things today that are, are really straight out of these verses, and I'm going to give you some other verses that I believe we can kind of tie in together. But I want to give you three points today that you need to understand as we talk about keeping in step, living according to the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit. Here's number one that we just read in this passage. is that believers are free. Believers are free. Galatians 5.13, we just read it. Paul writes, he says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. See, we are free. When you put your faith in Jesus, you are free. You are free, but... Here's, here's the issue, here's the problem a lot of times, is that freedom, as we see it, and in our culture and in our society, freedom is a slippery word. Because we think about freedom, and we think about, come on, you remember when you were 16 years old, and you got a driver's license for the first time? I went and got my driver's license on my birthday when I turned 16, then turned around after passing the test and drove to school for the first time ever by myself. And I'm thinking now, as a parent, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that as my kids start to kind of, you know, inch closer to that age. But I remember when, when I got my license, I remember, oh, they gave me that piece of paper, right? Because I didn't have it in hand yet. They gave me that piece of paper, and I thought, freedom. I can go wherever I want to go. I can do whatever I want to do. I don't have to answer to anybody. If I want to go to the store, I can just go to the store. If I want to take somebody somewhere, if somebody needs a ride, I can just give them a ride. I am free. But how many of you know 
that when you get behind the wheel of a car for the first time at 16, you may not completely understand it yet, but there is responsibility. Come on, somebody say it with me. Responsibility. You have some responsibility. It's not all about you just being able to go and do and everything that you want. Like, woo, freedom. This is awesome. No, there is responsibility, right? you got to have money to put gas in the car. You have to be responsible. You can't just drive however fast you want to drive. There's responsibility that comes with taking care of that and, 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 and things that come with driving a vehicle and getting your license. And what we see is that freedom in our culture can sometimes be this, this tension word or this slippery word. Well, because I'm saved and free, I'm free to do whatever I want because God's grace will cover it. Well, because I gave my life to Jesus and, and his grace is greater than anything, then I can just live however I want and do whatever I want and be wherever I want. And, and then God's grace will just cover everything. And while God's grace covers your past and present and future sin, it shouldn't be a license to just go and do and whatever you want and I'm just completely free and woo, you know, got my get out of hell free card and I'm just going to go and live my life. That's not what it is about. Some people think that being free means that they have the freedom to do whatever they want. But here's what the truth is. As believers, we have been freed from the bondage of sin because we have received God's grace by placing our faith in Jesus. We are free to enjoy the responsibilities of a relationship with God. We're free from sin and free to enjoy relationship with God. We're free from sin and free to enjoy a relationship with God. And I love the way that Paul writes it when he's writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 6. He says, well then, and you got to think like some of it, you think of us sitting in this room right now and sometimes we have questions like, well, you know, because God's grace just covers it all, past, present, future sins, can we just do whatever we want? And I love that Paul just directly answers this question that apparently needed to be answered. He says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? And not only does he ask the question, he gives us the answer. He says, of course not. Of course, should we keep on sinning because God's grace covers it all? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Do you understand that you can't live and die? Like if you've died to sin, how can you live in sin? If you have died to sin, how can you, Paul says, if you've died to it, how can you continue to live in it? You died to it. Maybe this is the question for somebody today. Have you died to it? Have you died to sin? Paul says, of course, of course we shouldn't just keep sinning because we're free, because we're saved, because we, we have God's grace. Of course we shouldn't just keep sinning. If we've died to sin, how can we continue to live in it. We shouldn't abuse God's grace and freedom by continuing to do whatever we want to do and act like a slave to sin. We're free from sin, so we should live as people who are free from sin. Are you going to be perfect? No. You're not going to be perfect. You will never be perfect on this side of heaven. But God's grace shouldn't be Paul's. He's like, let me answer a question that you're asking. No. Of course we should not continue to, like if you've died to sin, how can you continue to live in it? We shouldn't just abuse God's grace. 
to live however we want to live. It's, it's bigger than that. It's more important than that. We've been set free, but we have to choose to walk in that freedom every day. It's a decision to say, today, I'm going to walk in the freedom that Jesus paid for me to have, that Jesus provided for me by his death, burial, and resurrection. What he did for me is enough, and I'm going to live and walk in that freedom. Here's point number two. Point number two, it's important for you to know that the spirit and flesh are fighting. Some of you, this is going to be like a light bulb moment. <laughs> oh, okay, like that's the spirit and flesh are fighting. He says it in verse 17. It says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. In other words, he's saying, your sinful nature wants to sin. <laughs> okay. Your sinful nature wants to do evil, but that's the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Listen, when we are made alive in Jesus, we enter into this spiritual war on the inside of us. Right? Some of you, some of us have, have given our life to Jesus and then we thought like, well, when I give my life to Jesus, everything's going to get easy. He's going to take care of everything. Like, like everything's just going to be like I'm walking through a garden, you know, and, and everything's going to be wonderful. And then there was like this tension on the inside of you. It's like, I know what I should be doing, but for some reason I'm not doing it. And I, I don't want to do that, but I keep going back to that. And, and I don't know. And it, there's this tension that the spirit and flesh are constantly fighting each other. They're constantly fighting each other. And so if, if you felt like, well, I didn't really have this tension. There wasn't this thing going on inside of me before I gave my life to Jesus. That's because when you gave your life to Jesus, the enemy said, uh-oh. And now your old nature and your new nature are fight, constantly fighting each other. Our old nature wants to pursue sin and selfishness. Listen, your old nature wants to pursue sin and selfishness. Your old nature wants to pursue sexual immorality and impurity and lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. That's your old nature. But your new nature, our new nature, wants to follow Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Your new nature wants to follow Jesus. That's why you feel this tension inside of you is because I want to follow Jesus. I've been made new. I have come alive in Jesus, and I want to follow him. But my flesh and my spirit are at war. They are fighting each other. And so because of that reason, I'm not free to just do whatever I want to do or whatever I think is best because there is a battle going on. They are fighting each other. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 13, says, if it, is, if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if some of you are like, there I am right there, you know, if it seems that I'm crazy, I'm just trying to bring glory to God. <laughs> if it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. 
He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. He died for everyone so that everyone who puts their faith in him will no longer live for themselves. Are you living for yourself? Spirit, flesh, fighting each other, tension happening. Are you living for yourself? Because Christ died so that when you place your faith in him, you would no longer live for you. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means, and here's a verse that many of us are familiar with, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The old nature is gone. New nature has come. Galatians 2.20 My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, look at this, by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. In other words, my old self has been crucified with Christ, and so now the way that I live is not for me. Now the way that I live, I live for him. I live for what he desires. I live through the power that the Holy Spirit gives me to do what it is that God has given me to do. I am no longer living. I have crucified my old self, and I no longer live for that person. I'm living for Jesus. I'm living for Jesus. If the spirit and flesh are constantly fighting each other, then we have to decide which one is going to win. If there's a constant battle going on, we need to go ahead and make the decision every day who is going to win. What is going to win? We need to kill the flesh. This is one of the reasons why at the beginning of every year we, we kind of set ourselves apart and, and we give the first part of the year in January to God. We go on 21 days of prayer and fasting. And one thing that fasting does is it will kill your flesh. Some of you feel like it's going to kill you. That's because it's killing your flesh. <laughs> it's killing off all the things that you want, all the TV that you want to watch, all the food that you want to eat, all the things that you want to do so that you can focus on what it is that God wants for you. We have to kill our flesh. And I was picturing this. I like sports, and so some of you may like sports. And I'm real intrigued by uh, as football season, I love football, and so football season is upon us, thank goodness, you know. And so, so the college football starts and the NFL starts, and, but before that, what I find interesting sometimes is that there will be these posts and these articles that will come out, and people have done a simulation of what will happen in the season. So they do some kind of simulation based on all of the schedules, based on everybody's players, based on all this stuff, and they try to predict through the simulation. They just watch and see what happens, and oh, this is who we predict through a simulation that it, this is the team that's going to win the college football national championship. Oh, this is the team that based on the simulation is going to win the Super Bowl this year based on the information that we have based on this simulation. Can I tell you today, this is not like a simulation. It is not you sitting on the sidelines watching the spirit and the flesh fight each other and you're like, well, I can't wait to see who wins today. <laughs> what kind of person, come on, some of us feel like, what kind of person am I going to be today? 
Am I going to be the old me or am I going to be the new me? Am I going to walk according to the spirit or am I going to walk according to the flesh? Like what am I, what am I, it's not a simulation to where you're just sitting back every morning thinking, all right, let's let them battle it out and we'll see who wins and that's who I'm going to be today. You have to decide. You have a choice. The spirit and the flesh are constantly fighting each other so you have to choose today. The Spirit wins. Today, I'm walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Today, I'm following Jesus. Today, I'm living for Him. Today, I have died to myself, and I no longer live for me. I'm living for Jesus. Today, I decide. I choose. No matter what battle is going on inside of me, I make the decision. Come on, are you with me? I make the decision. And here's point number three. Point number three, we have to continue to give the Holy Spirit control. We have to continue to give the Holy Spirit control. Well, three years ago, I gave the Holy Spirit control. But now it don't seem like I'm living that way. You have to continually give the Holy Spirit control. Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 and 25. Let's look at it again. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow. How are we living by the When we have crucified our desires, our sin, our passion, all of those things that are not of God. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And I want to read verse 25 to you. I love the way that the Christian Standard Bible words it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also, here's our phrase, keep in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And I think we have to understand today that letting the Holy Spirit guide our lives and letting the Holy Spirit direct us and following the Holy Spirit's leading is a continual, ongoing process it's a continual ongoing process today I give control of my life and my actions and my words and my emotions and all of these things I am going to live and keep in step with the spirit with the spirit how can we give the Holy Spirit control I want to give you two very very practical things very practical things how can we give the Holy Spirit control. What could it possibly look like? What could possibly help us? Here's the two things, and we're going to talk about them for just a moment. Prayer and reading God's Word. Can I, can I be honest with you today? I think there are a lot of us, some of us, many of us, a few of us. I don't know where you are. We are trying to live according to the Spirit. We are trying to crucify our flesh. We are trying to do more, and we are trying to be more, and we are trying to get it right. And I know I should be doing this, but I need to do that, but I don't want to do this, and I need to quit that, but I'm still doing this. And we're trying to do all of this, and we don't pray, and we don't read God's Word. We don't have a conversation with God, and we don't know what God's Word says about us. We don't know what God, what God says is true. We don't know scripture that we can stand on. You know, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, he came back at the enemy with scripture every time. Every time. And some of us were struggling in this area, and I really feel like it's because we, we, we're trying to do it all in our own strength, and we don't, we don't pray, and we don't read God's word. And so we don't, we don't have the, 
We don't have the strength. We don't have, we don't have the knowledge of what God's word says about us. And we don't have an intimate personal relationship with God because we don't ever have a conversation with him. Are you with me? And here's what I want to read you some scripture. This is Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. And we're not going to read this whole thing. I would love to read the whole thing, but for the sake of time today, I want to read this one verse. And it says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, what you need to know about this verse, like, okay, pray in the Spirit all times, on all occasions, got it. Right before this is where Paul tells us that our fight is not against flesh and blood, that it's a spiritual battle that's going on, and so you need to suit up. You need to put on the armor. Anybody ever heard about, you know, you learned about it when you was a kid, the armor of God, right? You know, I remember when I was a kid and we had the cardboard cutouts and we're putting on the belt and putting on the shoes and all of the stuff, right? You need the armor of God. You need to suit up every day and put this on and put this on and put this on and put this on. And oh, by the way, pray in the spirit. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and spiritual forces and all the stuff that we can't see that sometimes freaks us out and we don't really understand there's a spiritual battle that is going on around you it's not against you know you're you're mad at this person and that person your battle is not against them your battle is against the powers and principalities and in the spiritual realm and since that is the case put on the armor of God right so that you can resist the enemy so that you can stand against evil and pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Can I ask you a question and then I'll get off of this? How often do you pray for other believers? How often do you pray for other people? How often do you pray for the believers that you don't even know that are in other countries that are being killed and persecuted? Come on, we don't even know what persecution is. They're being killed for their faith. Are you praying? Because Paul says you need to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. How many of you would, would like to know that behind the scenes you got about 200 people that are praying for you regularly? Wouldn't that be awesome? But sometimes we are so consumed with us and what we have going on. And I'm praying about like, Lord, help me get through this. And Lord, help me overcome this. And Lord, help take me out of this. And Lord, I wish you would come through. And Lord, you're running three days late. And Lord, you know. And we're praying all these prayers. And Paul says, listen, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. He says, listen, we need to be praying for each other. I need to be praying for you. You need to be praying for me. We need to be praying for people that go to other churches in our community. We need to be praying for people that are overseas in other countries. We need to be praying for all believers everywhere. All believers everywhere. Everywhere. And what's interesting to me is he doesn't just say pray. He says pray in the spirit. Here's what I believe. I don't think that you can pray in the spirit until you have received the Holy Spirit. And so if we are resisting, receiving the Holy Spirit and the power that he wants to give us, then we can't even do what Paul encourages us to do. We can't even accomplish this. 
We might get put on all the armor and, put, and suit up and do all this stuff, but when he says pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion, you need, the, you need to receive the Holy Spirit, the power that he wants to get you, that, that give you that we talked about last week. And I believe that he wants to give you a prayer language. And for some of us, that makes us really nervous. <laughs> I said it last week, the Holy Spirit is not going to make you do anything. He is not weird. But you, you can't pray in the Spirit. You can't do what the Bible says to do until you have received the Holy Spirit. Not gotten saved, received the Holy Spirit. You have to receive the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's so crazy to me that right after all of the armor, he says, and listen, this is what you need to do. Because your battle is not this tension that's going on and all the, you know, everything that's going on in the world and all this stuff. Like, it's not a flesh and blood thing. There is a spiritual battle going on. And because of that, you need this armor so that you can stand against the enemy. And you need to pray in the spirit. And you need to pray for other people. You need to pray for your other brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Psalm 119 and verse 11, we talked about prayer. This is what... The psalmist writes in 119 verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? So that I may not sin against you. I have, I have, put, I have put his word in my heart. Why? So that I won't sin. So that I won't live according to what my flesh wants to do. But I'll live according to what the spirit desires for me who is inside of me. That I will live and keep in step with the Spirit and not with my desires and my sins and my, my everything that I want to do. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. I'll go ahead and bring the worship team back. I love these two verses, and this is simply what they say. We're talking about reading God's word. Reading God's word, renewing your mind. This is what it says. It says, all scripture. Somebody say all. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it. Look at this verse. Talking about scripture. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Every good work. God uses, all scripture is inspired by God. He wants to teach you through it. He wants to equip you through it. He wants to prepare you through it. He wants you to have truth through it. He wants all of these things for you that come through renewing your mind and being in God's word. And again, I say, I, I don't want you to, I don't want you to be trying to figure things out and trying to make it all work and how can I stop this and how can I do this and okay I need to live according to the spirit listen you need to have a regular conversation with God you need to pray you need to you need to have conversation with him you need to tell him you need to pray for other people other believers and you need to be in God's word you need to be in, you need to know what God says through his word you need to know who you are through his word and the Bible is God's word, so it shows us how to keep our minds focused on the right things. Some of us are like, how can I keep my mind focused on the right thing? God's word. Renew your mind. Do not be conformed to the way of this world, but... 
be transformed. How are you transformed? By renewing your mind. How do you renew your mind? You got to get the truth in your mind. You got to get the truth in your head. You got to get the truth in your heart so that you know who you are and whose you are. God's word, it trains us to be strong believers. It trains us to be strong disciples. Not people that are swayed by this and that. Not people that are up one day and down the next by the political situation. Not people that are up one up one day and down the next based on, well, you know, I felt good yesterday and I don't feel good today. No, he, well, this is going in my life. And well, like God knows all things. He knows all things. And his word, he wants to train you and equip you and prepare you to be strong believers, to be people that will stand against the enemy, to be people that will take a stand when it's time to take a stand, to be people that will live for God and not for themselves. Living for him and not for you, not for me. And one writer, he sums all of this up in this way. I love this. He says, we can choose love or hate, joy or misery, goodness or evil, and so on. It isn't hard to decide which is better. Come on, would you agree? It's not hard to look at the decision, the choices and decide which one is better. But we have to, or it isn't hard to know how we get the fruits of goodness. But we have to make a conscious decision to let the Holy Spirit firmly plant himself in our lives. Then he will produce the good fruit of God in us and through us. Then, when we make the decision, I'm going to live in this way. I'm going to give control of my life. I'm no longer living for myself. I have died to sin. If I'm dead to sin, how can I continue to live in it? And I'm going to give control to the Holy Spirit. We stand to your feet today. When we use the freedom we've been given through faith in Jesus to live by the Spirit, then we will be living in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. One thing that Tony Evans says that kind of goes along with what we're talking about today that I want to read to you. He says, when scripture talks about our walk, it's talking about the conduct of our lives. To carry out the desire of the flesh is to live life based on a sinful human viewpoint to walk by the spirit is to discover God's view on a matter decide to act on that divine perspective and depend on the Holy Spirit to empower your obedience to live according to the spirit to walk by the spirit is to discover God's view on a matter decide to act on that divine perspective and depend on the Holy Spirit what does God say about this I'm deciding to go his way And now I'm going to rely on the Holy Spirit to empower me to live that out. How do we walk and live by the Spirit? Discover God's view. How do you discover God's view? I think it's through prayer. I think it's through reading His Word. You discover what God's Word says. You decide to follow God's view, and then you depend on the Holy Spirit to empower us. And I told you last week that each week I think we're going to have some questions just to ponder just to ask the Holy Spirit, to ask yourself to take inventory. And uh, hopefully you did that last week with the, the two questions that that we were we were talking about last week at the end of the message. And here are, I have three of them for you today and I wanna read them to you. And if you wanna take a picture, they'll be on social media this week as well. But here's question number one. 
Have I been using my freedom in Jesus as a license to sin or to follow him and serve and love others? Have I been just, just inventory of you, ask the Holy Spirit, have I been using the freedom that you have given me by what you did for me on the cross? Have I been using that to, just as a license to just do what I want to do? Have I been taking advantage of your grace? Have I been abusing your grace? Or am I using it as a way to follow you and serve you and serve others and love other people? Here's question number two. Have I been giving control to the Holy Spirit or allowing my flesh to win out? This one may not take you as long to answer. <laughs> have I been giving, have, have I been having the opportunity every day have I been giving control of my life today like okay if, if the spirit and flesh are constantly fighting each other then I decide I decide today I'm walking and living according to the spirit and I'm going to crucify my flesh and I'm going to live for Jesus we, we decide we decide and then here's question number three how often do I spend time praying and reading God's word this one probably won't, this will probably be the easiest one for you to answer. How often, how often do I spend, how much time am I spending praying and reading God's word? Well, Gabe, I just don't have a whole lot of time with my busy schedule. You need to make time. You need to make time. And I don't say that to, you know, be harsh. I don't say that to, to lessen whatever it is that you have going on in your life. I'm just telling you, you can't afford not to can't afford not to so today I want to pray for you we're going to sing one final song I'll go ahead and bring the prayer team down I'm going to pray for you and then I want to encourage you if you need prayer for anything today maybe it's what we talked about last week or you went back and listened because you weren't here last week and and you just you're just saying today I want I want to be open I want to be open to everything that God has for me. I want to be open to receiving the Holy Spirit. I, don't, I, I want all fear to be gone. Maybe you need prayer for that. Maybe, maybe it's something that we talked about today and, and you need to release some things or you need somebody to agree with you about something. Maybe it has nothing to do with what we talked about today and there's something going on in your life and you just need prayer. And my prayer is that you would not let pride keep you from receiving prayer today if you need prayer. Amen. So God, today, we thank you for your word. We thank you for teaching us. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for telling us the truth, for showing us what it is that you desire for our lives. Lord, I pray as we sing this last song that, that you would be glorified, that you would receive all the praise, honor, and glory. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.